Great interview today about a buyout of a franchise concept by someone with great experience in mergers and acquisitions. You're not going to want to miss this. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome, John. We have John uh, Prothrow. A really interesting story for for our audience today. Let me introduce John real quickly, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Thanks for being with me, John. Yeah, of course. Like uh, happy to be here. You bet. So John is currently co-owner and uh, CEO of Foot Solutions. It's a global wellness uh, foot wellness retailer. Um, you've broken out. This is something I want to chat a little bit about. Broken through kind of that emerging brands. You know, seventy five hundred. A unit kind of emerging brands, uh, specializes in orthotics, advanced footwear. Uh, John has done business all over the world, uh, has lived over the world, lived in China. I lived in Japan. So John and I uh, really connect on that expatriate uh, experience. So I loved having John on. Uh, he's also board of director of the DB Group Global. It's an Australian industry group, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, and um, uh, again, John just brings a wealth of uh, international background, mergers, uh, acquisitions uh, to the interview, and I'm uh, real excited to, to have you on, John. Thanks. Hey, I'm all ready. I'm ready. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, yours is pretty unique. Sometimes, a lot of times, we have emerging brand founders. Uh, you you organized a group of partners uh, to buy uh, a, a company, buy a franchise concept when it was more in that emerging brand space. So I wanted to hear, how did that come about? Why did you pick franchising? Um, and why why Foot Solutions? How did all of that come about? Well, first, let me say, I don't know anything about franchising. I know a little bit more than I did three years ago, but we didn't set out to buy a franchise business. Um, we set out to buy a portfolio of businesses and we're, we're raising a, a small private equity fund uh, to do that. <clears throat> But while we were raising the capital, uh, a friend of mine, an attorney, called me and said one of his clients, um, the owner of a company called Foot Solutions, which I had never heard of, um, was getting on in years and interested in selling his business and would I be willing to talk to him. So I went and met with uh, the original founder, been around for 20 years. Foot Solutions had been around for 20 years. And uh, I really fell in love with the concept. I thought it was a great idea very uh, necessary for the market, a need-based retail store that's service-oriented. Um, and so I thought, well, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. Went and shopped, secret shopped some stores, uh, asked for uh, per unit economics, that sort of thing, and uh, saw a real opportunity to take what was a good idea and a nice foundation um, and a good solid group of core stores and uh, really turn it into something that we thought was, um, you know, next level. So awesome. that's what we did. We I, I called my investors and they're all friends. I don't want to make it sound too formal, but they're people I'd gotten to know over uh, over the years in, in M&A and just said, look, uh, let's buy this one. And uh, I want to I don't want a portfolio. I want to run this one. Um, and here's my plan for um, 
kind of making it something uh, that could be really valuable and, and really interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just uh, just had a call earlier this morning uh, with a private client of ours, and we were talking about he's he's getting approached by a lot of private equity companies, and we talked about the importance of that match to be sure that is it is it a company a private equity company that's just going to come in purely as a profit play, get as much out of this business in a short period of time as we can, or as he may be looking at, uh, or he would only consider ones who are going to help him get from where he is at a, in, in the forties, as far as units, you know, maybe to 200, you know, a, a private equity company that's going to put the funding has the growth mindset uh, that aligns with him. So really, really interesting that you chose to stay with the company rather than just be uh, something in your portfolio. So um Anything, you know, you said you, you, you thought it was needs based, uh, it, it was service oriented, you personally had shopped it. Um, any other things as you were starting to get into it and decided you wanted to run it? Were there any other any other visions that you had? And um, how's that been going? Have there been any surprises along the way? Uh, well, we have made a few acquisitions and therefore we've we've grown a little bit faster than we expected to. So that's a positive, but also you break a lot of things when you do that. And, uh, you know, you have your own, ch own set of challenges when you do that. But it's been a really good ride and, and we don't see any end to the runway, at least for now. So we're real, real excited about that. The business itself, uh, the economic profile of the business is really, really interesting. Uh, the margins are, are really good. The um, the customer loyalty rate is, is really spectacular. And we're offering something that is really a niche because it's quasi-medical. And we do truly custom orthotics <clears throat> in a retail setting, which is not something you see very often. Most of the time you see over-the-counter uh, type situations. But we're also taking what is, uh, in some sense, a relatively um, antiquated industry uh, and when we bought it, it was still sort of in version one of how people make custom orthotics. And there's nothing wrong with the way custom orthotics have been made traditionally. Um, but we we brought in 3D printing um, and digital scanning and CAD CAM design that's tied into a system. And, and we found the best system to do that over in Europe um, from a German, Spanish, Dutch company. And uh, we're really excited because we've We've started in installing those. We have, I think we have 37 machines out there now, out there and working. And now we're doing a lot of 3D printing. Nice. It started out, we were doing a lot of milling, which people are very comfortable with, uh, milling out of blocks and foam. Mm -hmm. um, people are used to that. <clears throat> That's a normally a very time-consuming process. A lot of human error involved in it. It can be, it can be good for making adjustments. Um, but when we introduced 3D printing, we were sort of doing uh 20% 3d printing and 80% um uh milling mm -hmm. and now we've sort of moved it's gotten closer to sort of 65 70% 3d printing as people have gotten more comfortable with it i wear them it's a great product and it's a uh, a much simpler more efficient way there's also not a lot of waste associated with it which is yeah. a nice thing for the environment so we're doing some pretty exciting things from a technology perspective that bringing this industry into you know, the next level from a, from a technology perspective. Yeah. And, and as I, um, we have talked before a couple of times, our audience are, are potentially buyers of franchises. There's also emerging brands, also brokers, consultants are, are watching the podcast. And 
some of the things I hit on that that you've really reinforced is unit economics. You're as the franchisor, you're doing things that are going to help the profitability of the of the units, which is which is key. Uh, candidly, not all franchisors do that or focus there. The other thing that I always tell people who come to me looking for franchise brands, I always tell them uh, if technology is not built into their model, then like General Motors used to say, you know, you're buying your grandfather's Oldsmobile, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I, I love the fact that you've um, you've brought in 3D printing, both both utilization of what I would call, you know, more technology. But again, it's also helping the unit economics. Which well, and is, helping the which, customer too. Helping the customer too. Um, it's really nice. We can really we can build uh, spaceships with this, you know, technology. Yeah. So we we have a lot of times. Uh, we get referrals from the medical community and a lot of times it's very difficult cases in terms of designing custom orthotics for someone. And we can do all sorts of things with 3D printing that you couldn't do otherwise. Awesome. Awesome. So you're uniquely retail in a in a space that's not classically retail. Uh, you, you mentioned referrals. So I'm always curious. Uh, again, it's another thing I talk to any of our clients that we're helping match them to franchises. And again, brokers would be real, real interested. Um, um, what's that blend look like? What's the what's the marketing for your for your units? What what are the marketing for your franchise partners typically look like? So we we encourage people to get into the medical side of it uh, after they've been open for say a year or so because the cash business is good and you have to have a nice process and a nice team. Um, on the cash side before you decide to get into medical. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, once you have gotten a good, well-run business, you can then say, well, I want to start doing Medicare, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, which requires uh, what's called a, a pedorthic certification or a CPED, certified pedorthist, or, or a qualified medical professional to be working uh, in, in your store. And we train pedorthists up. We get people up to be certified pedorthists. Uh, and then you can uh, apply with Medicare to have your facility accredited. Um, once you've done that, um, you can serve Medicare diabetic patients through what's called the therapeutic shoe bill, Interesting. Uh, which is very nice because uh, a lot of diabetics have, of course, uh, foot issues related to diabetes, uh, diabetic neuropathy being a, being a major one. And uh, you see a lot of diabetics who lose digits or even lose limbs basically yeah. because of yeah. Because of the issues associated with it, and so Congress passed a, a bill that allows Medicare patients to get um, three pairs of custom orthotics and a pair of, uh, of footwear, um, and Medicare will pay eighty percent of allowable. Um, wow. And so we we do a lot of that business. <clears throat> we try to have at least one store in each region that can do Medicare diabetics, um, and then we when once you have that accreditation, it's sort of a hop, skip, and a jump to be able to do VA. Uh, work. So we work a lot with veterans under a similar sort of program. Um, but on top of that, we're we're providing a medical service, quote unquote. And so the healthcare professionals will just send us cash pay patients all the time. And a lot of uh, podiatrists, um, they want to do procedures. They're not interested in doing customs. Which right. is, um, a lot of the clinics, orthopedics um, will send people. They'll say, hey, you know, now you're we've got your knee your knee fixed, go over to foot solutions and make sure you have the right shoes and the right uh, orthotics underneath, uh, underneath. Yeah. So that uh, biomechanically you're working, working right. So we get a, 
podiatrist, orthopedist, and physical therapist are probably our largest um, referral bases. But beyond that, I mean, I would, it, we talk a lot about the medical because it's an important part, but it's probably only 15, 20% of, of the revenue, even of the Medicare accredited stores. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still mostly cash pay. It's, it's what you would consider sort of typical uh, retail marketing, although we do it in-house as the franchisor. Um, we have our own team. Um, and so you're not paying agency fees to buy, buy nice. Google ads and that sort of thing. Um, nice. But probably nothing you would be surprised about after that. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, again, for, for uh, consultants who are trying to help match people as well as potential uh, buyers of franchises, I, even if it's only 15, say 20%, I still think, you know, it's always good to have some kind of a base that you can go to, you know, whether it's, um, you know, situations where there's national accounts uh, or in your case, there's, uh, there's the, the Medicare, maybe the VA uh, government, you know, bills. I, I think that just gives... That's a that's a real plus, I think, to a to a franchise concept. <laughs> well, you know, we're a we're a need based business, and we sell a lot of shoes, okay, and a lot of brands you've heard of, some that you haven't, but you're not a, a forty plus woman. Um, but we sell a lot of healthy shoes, um, but we're still a need based business. And so, what I love about it, and what I loved about it when we were diligencing the company, is it's not real susceptible to economic ups and downs. Right, um, right. So I, I follow, of course, I follow footwear um, stores and, and see what's happening in the market. Um, and footwear uh, stores in general um, just sort of ride the waves of, you know, economic turmoil. Mm-hmm. And Foot yeah. Solutions um, just doesn't have those kind of dips because, you know, we're, we're primarily serving an, an older audience, I'd say 40 plus, I mean, um, and mostly female. And by the time you've gotten to the point where you're feeling like you're, I need to start paying attention to my health and my foundation, foundational health, um, you're going to pay for that regardless of whether, you know, the stock market's up or down that day. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. A, I love your, yeah. I love the, the needs based based phrase. Um, and, and you're, I'm sensing you're really not impacted much by uh, Amazon or, or uh, the internet. I know I buy, at least sneakers, you know, I buy my running shoes all online. You know, I don't go, I don't go into a store anymore. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, of course people do that, but we don't, Amazon, e-com doesn't, it's a service business. And that's the first thing to tell people I have to understand is you're coming in uh, because you, you have uh, something you want solved. Exactly. Right? And that's why we're foot solutions, right? A lot of times, yeah. People will come in and they'll just buy a pair of running shoes. That's fine. We we have that. But most of the time they come in and say, which one of these styles do I need to be wearing? Because we carry healthy footwear, which means yep. it's for a specific purpose and body type. And so uh, let's say you don't want custom orthotics, but you're a runner. Well, then we'll say, hey, um, do you have any aches and pains when you're running? Do you, Does your heel hurt? Do you, do you have any hip issues the next day? Are you exactly. Feel- you know, we'll, we have a product that is a high frequency shock absorption product called Noeen that was pitched on Shark Tank. And uh, we bought that product uh, from we bought the distribution agreement from the owner and he's a partner now with us. Uh, but it goes underneath your insole and it reduces that that shock that comes up through your body when you land. Um, and so, you know, pe- people come in asking for our advice. And that's why we spend a lot of time training, because uh, when you come into a foot solutions, the person you see knows what they're talking about. 
And that's yeah. the, that's one of the biggest differences, if not the biggest difference between going oh. to a running store or going to the Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I like I said, I agree. Uh needs based, service oriented. They're 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 not really gonna be able to get their their problems solved by buying something online for the most right. part. So um so you were new to franchising. Um uh, did you did you have any apprehensions uh, about it being a franchise concept? Um, and I'm always curious, uh, you know, any any surprises uh, and any things that you that you didn't expect uh, a big any big differences than had it been, say, a, a non franchised acquisition? Oh, man, that's a long question. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the first first three years, we didn't try to sell any franchises. Um, okay. We got in. Uh, I'm not disparaging previous ownership, um, but it, it had sort of become a dying brand a little bit. Uh, and he had sold really the previous owner had sold quite a few foot solutions. Um, and I don't think the support was there to really make it what it right. could be. Yep. Um, and so we said, look, we actually can't have a support team at the size we're at now. Um, we need to get enough scale to have a corporate group that can actually support very important. Um, yeah. very so, um, you know, besides our our staff in our um, 18 corporate stores, we have now, you know, about 30 people on the corporate team to provide support. So we've got enough scale now where we've got a team. Um, we didn't push go on selling franchises until the start of this year. So almost exactly three years into it. Um, but we feel really good about it now. We feel like we uh, have have learned the you know, the hard lessons the hard way. Um, we've got enough corporate stores where we can try things before we ask franchisees to buy. Yeah. Yes. I always yes. say that about the marketing, you know, <clears throat> the franchisees have no idea how much money I've wasted trying right. things. You know, yes. uh, a few weeks ago, we noticed that something was working online, some digital advertising imagery or, or messaging. Um, and I said, let's let's see what happens if we, you know, really blow it out. Let's see if, you know, if it's worth spending X amount of dollars per store to do it. We threw all this money behind the corporate stores, totally bombed. And guess what? <laughs> the franchisees never heard a word about it. Right. You know, when something like that works, we say, look, you, you, need, to, you need to do it because it's already worked. But we yep. have the infrastructure now to have the support team. We've got the corporate stores um, to provide sort of a test case, um, a laboratory to see what works and what doesn't. Um, and then and we've got the scale to have really spectacular people and have our own marketing group and uh, and the people that we've hired and built uh, from an organizational perspective, we are uh, we are you know, best in class, I think, besides the CEO. He, he still needs to work. <laughs> well, uh, I, I went to the IFA convention this year and one of the one of the speakers talked about responsible uh, growth. And so I, I share that this is a great this is a great example audience of responsible growth. And she was uh, she was very the the speaker at IFA was very um, uh, understanding of the FSO that they had worked with because it wasn't the FSO's fault it was their fault as the franchisor not being ready for the anticipated growth. So I, I applaud you and I mean I, I think that takes a lot of a lot of character and a lot of integrity from the leadership that that you and your partners uh, i tell you what it was portrayed. um 
You asked one of the things that was surprising. Of course, we didn't meet a lot of the franchisees beyond um, secret shopping during diligence. But right after we bought it, we had our annual meeting. And so everybody showed up because, you know, a week after <laughs> a week before somebody had bought the company, you know, everybody wants to know, OK, who, who's who's now uh, running this show? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we made a point to sit down with every single one of them. And uh, there's a lot of hurt feelings. A lot of mm. a lot of horror stories. Some people were happy and fine, but there was a lot of people. the the uh, The universal message was uh, corporate doesn't do much for me, you right. know. Right. And I and I know why because there wasn't there wasn't enough volume for corporate to really have anybody to help, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not being from the franchise world, I was kind of uh, uh, disappointed. I would say. To, uh, uh, in some cases shocked the more I learned about uh, how franchising oftentimes works. Now, some, yeah. some franchises are very good, but oftentimes it's a, it's a sales organization. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So right. It's an idea and then a sales organization and, and the person gets a, gets a brand and a logo. Yep. And gets put on a website. Yep. Uh, and then after that, you got to figure it out, buddy, or you're in trouble. That's exactly right. Um, yep. <clears throat> and, you know, we we have uh, actually we sold another uh, multi-pack today. Um, so far, we've we started in January. We've sold eight territories so far, um, which is good. Uh, we're not trying to go too fast. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had people come to me and say, I'd like to do franchising with you. And, and you know, then they start immediately talking SBA loans and putting up their house. And I'm just not... Um, I'm not really interested in, in, you know, putting your family's wealth on the line. You know, I, yeah. I need, I'd like to have people who feel comfortable with the investment and are, are genuinely competent, professional business people. Uh, well, you started to ask my next, my next question, answer my next question. Yeah. So um, you, you're, you're in the market again. Now you, you've got responsible growth plans. You're, you've got a healthy six months already under your belt. Um, who are you, who are you looking for? You know, how would you, how would you describe your, your ideal, if there is such a thing, but uh, your ideal franchise partner who, that you're trying to bring on now? Well, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with uh, buying yourself a job. Okay. I don't, I don't have any issue with that. Um, but food solutions, um, the way it's, the way we talk about it now, it's probably different than the way it was sold previously, but I think we're much yeah. more sincere about how, how the, the arc works in a foot solutions. You need a few years to feel like you got a really good store because we're not selling cookies. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if somebody buys a cookie from you today, they're not coming back tomorrow and buy another cookie. From you. <laughs> somebody buys, or they are coming back to buy another cookie from you. Somebody buys a, a custom orthotic from you today you might not see them for a while. You know, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Ho you're hoping they come in and buy shoes and whatever, but if a dude buys shoes from you, you're going to see him next year. At least that's, that's my <laughs> sort of pace uh, not anymore, but it used to be, you know, buy a pair of running shoes and then next year buy your next pair of running shoes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the, and, you know, have the pair of dress shoes that you wear six times, times a year at weddings and funerals. And, and until those heels fall off, you're probably not buying another pair of those. That's right. That's right. So That's you, not, not nowadays, years ago, I used to wear dress shoes all the time, but, but oh, now, yeah. no, that is, that, is uh, that has been a major shift. If you want to talk about footwear, but um, 
So you're, you're building that customer base. Now the customer base is extremely loyal. Once you, yeah. once somebody comes into foot solutions, gets the service, even if they're just buying shoes, they, you're going to see that customer the next time they're buying shoes. Yeah. I mean, they're coming back. Um, I mean, not hundred percent of the time, but most of the time, but you're that first couple of years, you're really just getting that foundation. And it's not really until sort of end of year two, year three, where you start to see the same people yeah. that were there in year one and year two show up. So it's really an annuity investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, um, your your ideal sort of franchisee is usually a multi-unit investor type person. Okay. Yep. Um, <clears throat> which is all we've sold so far. Um, Interesting. Again, there is nothing wrong with um, there's nothing wrong with I want to buy this and I want to run it. But you got to you you know you got to know you're not making a whole lot in the first couple of years. You're you're building that customer base. Yep. Now we've got franchisees. Just about every franchisee from a uh, um, historical perspective was that you know mom and pop buying yeah. running it uh, and there are several in the foot solution system who make great money doing that i mean really good money doing it but they will all tell you it took them a while to get there you yeah. know it took them three yeah. or four years to get there um but you've got stores that are and people renting you want to talk about the economic dynamics of the business you've got people renting space for $3,000 a month and doing 800,000 in revenue in that space at, you know, 60 plus gross margin um, in a lot of cases. So it's, it's, it's a, it can be a really nice little business for you, but you can't buy it. I would never sell a franchise anymore to someone who put their house up on an SBA loan, put their job and is expecting to make the kind of income that they would if they were, you know, VP or, you know, IT or something. And again, again, for my audience, that that's that's character and integrity and ethics that, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, you don't see universally in in franchising. So uh, so uh, that's awesome. That's awesome, John. Hey, I always ask folks uh, uh, are my guests before uh, before we end. um, And it's totally up to you if they're uh, what what you want to say. But I always ask you, is there anything we didn't talk about is there any questions I didn't ask that, you know, as, as you and I were preparing for, for meeting today and doing the interview and the show uh, that you wanted to be sure to cover. So I always give folks kind of a final opportunity. If there's anything that, that you may, you know, something you want to get across to the audience, something we just haven't touched on yet, anything that you'd like to kind of close us with. You know, I, I I don't think you haven't asked any questions that you should ask, but uh, there, you know, when you look at, I would say if you're looking at franchising and you're thinking about buying or investing in a franchise or supporting a franchise from a broker perspective, I would, you know, look at the core values and see whether or not they align with your own, uh, but also see whether or not there's evidence that those core values are being, uh, being followed. Um, and from our perspective, if you want to know us, uh, we have a list of of, uh, of six uh, six core values, <clears throat> and the the ones that are most uh, I'd say the one that is most important to us is sincerity, uh, and this and the second one is trustworthiness. So um, you will get from us uh, from the very beginning of a process, um, all the way down to the associate level, seeing uh, a customer come into the door you will get a very honest uh, opinion. You'll get a very open and transparent uh, and sincere interaction. 
Um, and that's the kind of people we're looking for. So beyond being competent, professional and cashed up, um, what we're looking for in terms of partners in this business are people that we can trust. Um, and that's, that's the only thing I'd add. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I, I a thousand percent agree, always encourage folks to, to be sure there's those personal alignments and, and, and I love companies that have value statements that are, that are published, that they're out there and that they talk to their potential franchise partners about them. Hey, John, uh, you've been awesome. Hey, we really appreciate you uh, being on the show with me today. Thanks. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. You bet. 